Hello there and welcome to In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, a bite-sized, informative podcast that's aimed to be listened to while you're in the shower, but it can really be listened to anywhere at all. And we absolutely mean anywhere. You can listen to this while you're shoveling snow out of your elderly neighbour's garden. You can listen to this while you're building a snow from the leftover bits that are in the corner of your garden. Building a snow? Man. (laughs) (laughs) You can listen to this while you're just happy that there's no more snow in Ireland and that we can finally get into studio to record this episode. Sorry it's late, listeners. I hope we can still be friends. This episode is in fact just a few hours late because we were snowed in for the last week, as was the population of Ireland and a lot of Europe from the beast from the east. The beast from the east. Um, Yeah, Ireland is not equipped to deal with snow in any way, shape or form, so the entire country shut down. Um, And to be fair, there was a lot of snow. There was a lot of snow. But we've gotten over it now. We've gotten over it. And for any new listeners to this podcast, Marcus, what's it all about? This podcast is for people who say they don't have time to listen to podcasts. We take the mysteries of the world, put them on the table, chop them up, and serve them to you in delicious answer form. Ooh, that's a lovely description. We can use that one again. (laughs) We answer the questions that you didn't even know you had. Thus far, we've answered questions like... Do periods actually synchronise? Who make better drivers, men or women? Why do we eat three-course meals? And loads, loads more. I suppose you could say... We expand your mind while you wash your behind. (laughs) And this week is no different. This week's question comes from the sunny seaside resort of Dunleary. For any of our non-Irish listeners, Dunleary is a a seaside part of Dublin, which is very, very lovely. Uh, This question comes from listener Iselt Brown. Hi, Iselt. Thanks for sending in this question. Iselt, how are you? And she asks, why do most black cats have a white spot? This is such a weird question and I'm so excited. This week's question, as I said, comes from the seaside paradise of Dunleary and was asked by frequent listener Isolt Brown. And I've got to say, when it landed in our inbox, I didn't think there was a full episode in it. Yeah, like we receive a lot of fantastic questions. We've loads in the piggy bank ready to go and we've loads in the upcoming weeks that we can't wait to answer. But amongst some fantastic questions, we also receive some downright weird ones. So when we got a message asking, why do most black cats have a little white spot? We didn't think much of it until we did some research. Yeah, and this one is absolutely amazing and it goes so much deeper than a little tuft of white hair um, and you know what it's only because we were snowed in that I put a bit of research into it and and found out about this so Taz let me ask you are you a cat person or a dog person hands down definitely dogs I have two lovely little scruffers at home Sam and Pup they're such lovely dogs such lovely dogs and I grew up with dogs and dogs are beings of pure canine love they love you no matter if you're rich or you're poor or you're smelly or you're clean they love you dogs always love you whereas cats are stinky sneaky little fur ninjas who would kill you if they could That's fair, and I know you're kind of joking when you said that, but actually a recent study from the University of Edinburgh actually confirmed that domestic cats have a lot of parallel behaviours with larger feline counterparts like tigers and jaguars, so they probably would kill you if they could. (gasps) I knew it, sneaky little fuckers. (laughs) Anyway, I'm glad you said you're a dog person, because being a cat person in the 60s... Because if you said a cat person, I would have broken up with you. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up. But no, genuinely, being a cat person in the 1600s, depending where you were, could have landed you in seriously deep shit. Or even worse, deep water, in the old drowning sense of the word. Huh? What do you mean by that? Well, even though cats have played a fairly wide role 
across varying religions, cultures, and societies, from being domesticated pets in Rome to being literally considered gods in Egypt to good-luck omens for sailors in Old England, they haven't always been seen as, you know, nine live feline friends. Oh, I think I know where this is going. Do you? Witches? Bingo! Yeah! Ah, no way! When you think of a witch with a big, long, dangly nose cruising through the air on a broomstick, outlined against a waxing moon as a cackling figure of evil, what's always sitting on the front of a broom? That's exactly why I said witches. There's always a black cat at the end of the broomstick, just like Salem the talking cat in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Bingo! Absolutely. Witches always have a black cat sidekick. And do you know why he was called Salem, out of interest? I just thought it was a very, very good name for a cat. Now, the writers of Sabrina did a nice job on this one. Even though it was a kid's show, his name was a reference to one of the most horrible cases of mass hysteria ever recorded. And it all centres around witchcraft. Thing known as uh, the Salem Witch Trials. What? This fluffy little talking cat represents something... Of mass hysteria. Tell me more. So in Salem Village, which uh, is in Massachusetts, in Boston, um, in February 1692, two little girls, Betty Paris and her cousin Abigail Williams, the daughter and niece of Reverend Samuel Paris, began to have fits described as beyond the power of epileptic fits or natural disease to affect by a, a minister of the nearby town of Beverly. So he came to check up on them and administer medical advice and just found that they were freaking out. So what, apparently, what, what age were they? Like, were they young children? Th- yeah, they were nine and 11. Oh, wow. So the girls screamed, threw things about the room, you know, were making strange sounds, crawling under furniture, contorting themselves into peculiar positions. Um, and this is, again, according to the eyewitness account of another reverend. But to be honest, that just sounds like they were being kids. Like, you know, it just sounds like maybe they were just little shits. Contort themselves in peculiar... I don't know. Well, it depends. You know. But um, in any case... They were trying to get to the bottom of this behaviour and when the local physician couldn't find a reason for their sickness, all fingers pointed to, bum, 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 bewitchment. <laughs> say you will, say you won't, say you'll do what I don't. Bewitched, no? No? Are you serious? <laughs> I'm talking about the demonic possession of children and you're bringing 90s Irish pop sensation Bewitched into this. Some people say I look like me dad. People died, Taz. <laughs> okay, go on, go on, you party pooper. All right, well, shortly after the initial accusation of witchcraft, the first arrests were made and over the course of the next year, over 20 people, mostly women, were executed in various ways from hanging to drowning. And being burned at the stake. Actually... No, there's no historical evidence to support witch burnings in Salem, but still, it's all fucked up. And when the hysteria dropped, a lot of people realised that people have just been accusing people they didn't like, or maybe, you know, had a long-standing grudge against, of witchcraft, and they were getting killed, which is very not sound. And so, were the two daughters killed? Because I don't know what happened with the two daughters, but it turns out that their family, um, their, their dad, um, Reverend Samuel Paris, the first woman who was accused of witchcraft was like their rival family. So there was no actual grounding Uh, in the accusations. He was basically just taking it out on a family he didn't like. So the kids maybe were just acting like kids. Yeah, you never know. It's really... What does it have to do with cats? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right, well, you know, I just wanted to talk about Salem as an example of how mental people got when they were swept into the idea of witchcraft and lead that into talking about black cats. Because black cats and witches are BFFs. Well, 
seen as BFFs, but also for a long time in the Middle Ages, seen as one and the same. <gasps> for a long time, people thought the witches could shapeshift into the form of a black cat to slink around, casting spells on poor, unsuspecting folk who decided not to, like, I don't know, scratch the cat's head or something equally cat-like in nature. And this led to a massive culling of black cats around Europe and the New World. Oh my God. First off, imagine being able to evolve from a cat to a human slash any animal. If you could evolve from any animal to a human on Switch. Ooh, would I have any of the human powers? Sloth. You'd or be a sloth. I'd be a, I already am a sloth. <laughs> I don't have to morph. That's amazing. Like, you can actually, they, were, they, thought, they were thought to evolve from one to the other. And so yeah, no, they thought that basically the witches could change into a cat. So, so therefore, they, kill yeah. all the black cats because all black cats are witches. Yeah, or black cats are bad luck or black cats are an open of death. There's loads of different things, but it all comes down to basically pagan satanic evil oh my god yeah so if people saw a black cat they'd kill it as soon as possible because it was seen as bad but that was only ever applied if the cat was fully black I don't think I've ever seen a fully black cat Mm-hmm. there you go cats that had a hint of white on them which are commonly found around the neck and guarantee if you see a black cat it'll have a little spot of white on it if you see a pure black cat that's amazing they are definitely a tiny minority if they had a little mark, they were spared, and that white mark became known as God's thumbprint, allowing those cats to live, and in some cases, even be seen as a force of good. Oh this means God. that genetically, generations of pure black cats were killed, and cats with a mark were allowed to live and reproduce, carrying that mark down to their offspring, making it one of the only examples of documented unnatural selection present in our history. That is incredible. So, so... If cats were all black, they were seen as being a witch or being evil. They mm-hmm. were all cold and therefore they couldn't reproduce to have other all black cats. Yeah. And the only cats that lived were the ones with little white spots. Yeah. <gasps> That's amazing. Absolutely. Do you know what uh, is even more amazing and completely ironic? Always. The outbreak of the bubonic plague in the Middle Ages is largely attributed to mass killings of cats for fear of the devil and witchcraft, allowing mouse and rat populations to skyrocket and spread the disease which wiped out a whopping third of the world's population. Oh my God. That's proper witchcraft revenge if I've ever seen it. I know, isn't it? That's amazing. Are you ready for some witch facts? We're at the end of the episode already. I can't believe it. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so witches really did fly on broomsticks in a way. Okay. The origins of the broom as a witch's preferred mode of transportation is fairly weird and a little bit saucy. Um, (laughs) People who practice witchcraft experimented with herbs and potions in rituals that may have been linked to paganism or Satanism or just general Wicca, witchcraft, whatever. But one of those was the mandrake plant. And um, mandrake contains scopolamine and atropine, two alkaloids that cause feelings of euphoria in low doses and even hallucinations in higher doses. Mm -hmm. So these rituals, performed in the nude, uh, called for the participants to rub a herbal ointment containing the mandrake on their foreheads, wrists, hands and feet, as well as on a large staff that they would um, ride. And the friction (laughs) of the ointment-coated staff on the witch's lady gardens um, would absorb the ointments into the system and cause a floating sensation. And their description of that feeling of flying is what perpetuated the symbol of the witch flying on the broomstick. Oh my god, that's amazing and kind of gross all at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, moving on from witches, any cat facts? Well, you read my mind, witch. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know you're a dog person, but cats are the most popular pet in the United States. 
There are 88 million pet cats and only 74 million pet dogs. No. Mm-hmm. There are cats who have survived falls from over 32 stories or 320 meters onto concrete. That is insane. Cats sleep 70% of their lives. That just sounds amazing. Finally, do you know what a group of cats is called? A nightmare. Nope. A group of cats is called a clouder. A clouder? <laughs> I think that's been my favourite episode so far. It's a bit of a mad one. Such a mad one. I, I want to read more into witches now. I know, they were... They were the OG flex mental people <laughs> guys thank you so much for listening to this episode of In The Shower with Taz and Marcus we're sorry that it's a few hours late but as we said we were snowed in thank you so much Isol Brown for asking that fantastic question you've genuinely expanded our mind while well, we didn't wash anything because there was no water in the apartment <laughs> if you are like Isolt and you have a question that you would like debunked in a bite sized little chunk no matter how big or small the question is then get in touch you can get us on Facebook just look up In The Shower with Taz and Marcus on Facebook or if you're on Twitter it's at In The Shower Pod if you want to do it the old fashioned way and send us an email you can send it to in the shower podcast at gmail.com if you just like the podcast even if you just want to say hello please please do get in touch it really warms our hearts when we hear from a listener because you're all invisible to us you can hear us but we can't hear from you so get in touch uh, we're friendly so yeah that'd be that'd be cool give us a shout and if you could do us one more favour, if you were listening to this episode and you enjoyed it, could you recommend it to just one friend or family member or foe or stranger sitting beside you on the bus? If you could just recommend it to one person, then it would help this podcast grow and we could continue answering these mythical questions. If you can recommend it to like 10 million people, that'd be sweet as well. But you know what? Let's start with one. <laughs> A few thank yous to end the episode. A big thank you to everyone in Headstuff. Um, Alan, Paddy, Rebecca and everyone at the Headstuff Podcast Network. Thank you for allowing us to do what we do and debunk the mysteries of the world in your lovely studio and network. Next up, thank you so much Flo Robinson for our lovely cover art. Check out Flo on Instagram. She is absolutely brilliant. And one more big thank you. Who is it, Taz? Finally, thank you so much to get... Finally, thank you so much to Dave Gertzman for our amazing theme music that goes something like this. One, two, three, four. Bum, Next week's question, Marcus. Oh, next week's question is a really, really strong one. Um, it comes all the way from Chicago. Chicago? Chicago. What is it? Why do our fingers get wrinkly when submerged in water? Oh, that's a great one. And it's going to be out next Monday in time for your morning shower. But in the meantime, keep scrubbing. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.